This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He played. Oh, he's the one. Pussy up the right sideline. He's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Hello and welcome to Republic of Football Recap Edition. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson. Starting off Sunday recap with Carter Yates and Mallory Hardley. How you guys doing? Hanging in there. Mm -hmm. Kind of a not so great week of college football, but we're having a lot of blood weekends in here, huh? We're having a lot of blood weekends in sport this year. Yeah, all these conferences I feel like are just cannibalizing themselves right now. Like it's just kind of crazy. Kind of. It's kind of a we got a lot of Sunday scaries episodes going on. Yeah, a lot of duds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna start off with we're gonna switch up a little bit. We're gonna change off our games of the week because not really much happens in terms of like dramatic results i think everything more or less what we kind of expected um so we're going to start with kind of some of the bigger storylines this, this week at least you know we'll see we'll kind of play this as the season goes along uh the season wraps up i should say um i think the bigger story was kind of we'll start with texas and byu texas 35 byu 6 um obviously the results was not the biggest thing here um or maybe it was depending on who you are malik murphy of course got the start um, Carter, I had you write something on this game, just kind of your thoughts, what you saw from Malik Murphy. Of course, he threw a pick in his first like full drive, I would say, um, which had people probably, like automatic. Probably the worst pick of the season. It, it yeah. Was oh, yes, it was a bad pick. Um, and of course, all of a sudden, people were like, "Oh, we're gonna see our training." Like, he sucks. Oh. We want ours. <laughs> Yeah, this guy who hasn't thrown a football in a live game in three years oh uh, through an interception. Get him out of there. You know? can, we give um, him, can we give him one quarter? Before yeah. No. No, they couldn't give him one drive. Him. No, they couldn't give him one drive. It was like, yeah, pull him, get him out. <laughs> um, yeah, but I do need to remind people. So, like, he finishes – let me see his final stat line. He finishes 16-25, uh, 170 through the air, two touchdowns, one pick. Only one sack, too, which I thought was actually pretty interesting. But I should say, people need to keep in mind, this guy has not played – started uh, – he played last week, of course uh, – started a game since his junior year of high school. <laughs> like, he, of course, he came from California. And, he, and by the way, he was also a late bloomer. He wasn't like – he's not like a quarterback, uh, uh, you know, kind of you see, like an Arch Manning who's grown up playing quarterback and, like, is constantly, you know, he's, he, I'm pretty sure he didn't start till sophomore, junior year, high school. Um, of course, California. Year. Yeah. And so California didn't play his 20 in 2020. So they didn't play high school. He didn't get to play his senior year. And of course he came on uh, and then he didn't, oh, then he was hurt all when he first got to Texas. And so like, he wasn't in the running, obviously Quinn Ewers was there. And so he hasn't thrown a meaningful pass started, sort of, I should say, in three years so mm -hmm. it didn't surprise me that he looked a little shaky um to start off like you mentioned the pick was really bad like pressure got to him it looked like i didn't even know it looked like he was trying to throw the i, I thought he was trying to throw the ball away but then again his it wasn't a strong enough throw so i thought he maybe just thought he could get it to the guy and it kind of fluttered and just 
fell to the defender. It was like the pass you throw to your eight-year-old son in the front yard, but to the yes, like, backer. Yeah, it's like not too hard. Hey, here you go, dad's throwing you the ball, and it's like yeah. it's kind of like that. Um, so yeah, that was that was a bad pick. But then he kind of settled in, and he looked fine. And Texas and had the game plan they should have. But credit you know. to him. Credit to him for bouncing back through that. You know, yeah, because that was 100%. what my my thoughts um, after the game was like. This guy enters. His first starting action, like you talk about, in three years of football, Texas can't have a loss or they're out of the Big 12. They're out of the college football playoff. Oh, and by the way, the first incomplete pass you throw, they're going to want another guy to replace you. So this is all the pressure he had around him for this game. And, I mean, he did good. He did exactly what he needed to do. And he needs to be better versus Kansas State. That game is terrifying for Longhorn fans. Yeah. That's next but, week, right? Yes, yeah. next week. Yeah. But I mean, credit to him for stepping up and and having a good game. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think that, and they also had the game plan that they needed to form, right? They real uh, CJ Baxter's been really, uh, really hot as of late, so they were like, "Cool, we're going to ride Jonathan Brooks and CJ Baxter, and we're going to have him make passes when he needs to." Uh, that touchdown to uh, AD Mitchell was, you know, it was a moonshot. He kind of dropped it in the bucket. Cool, there it is. And that's all they needed. Defense, BYU couldn't do anything. Uh, Tavondre Sweat was in the backfield just constantly. Um, oh, and then cool. uh, Jody Barron. I think Jody Barron actually got the – they got a pick on the next drive after Malik Murphy's pick to kind of help him out and kind of reverse the fortunes back for, for Texas there. Yeah, they all played well around him. And, like, the yeah. Zinger Worthy punt return touchdown was huge. I yes. Mean, yes. Keaton, Keaton Slovis, BYU's quarterback, basically threw two interceptions on the first drive that were dropped. And then the second yes. drive, threw a pick. Um, the defense forced three turnovers, which was great. Uh, BYU offense, at one point, they, like, tried to run a shotgun sweep, and two guys ran into each other in the backfield. Uh, Keaton Slovis, at one point, threw a bullet to a wide receiver that's just standing four yards out of bounds. So, like, look, BYU's not a great team, but yeah. this is the bounce-back game that – Pete Kukowski's defense needed. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like Keaton Slovis is going to be like the the Matt Castle of of uh, of college quarterbacks because like he had a great year that one freshman year. I think it was when he replaced JT Daniels at USC, and then like everybody has signed him since, thinking like, ah, we can. He's we're going to get that freshman magic back, and it's like it happened. Didn't happen at Pitt. Didn't. It's not going to happen here. Uh, there you- might be another team for getting in there somewhere, but. Do you see the uh, the ABC like promo package for for Keaton Slovis that they did uh, on his first drive? No, dude, it was hysterical. It was like the Keaton Slovis roller coaster, and it's like him, his head, and a little cart yeah. going up a mountain, and it's like starts freshman year, freshman phenom gets benched, and then he goes yeah. on and goes Thanks. through the transfer portal, and he's like, "Where would he go, Pitt?" And he's like. Goes to pit yeah. like sucks transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> now at BYU, Just, it was like me and my dad were sitting there watching. They're like, dude, they're kind of tooling on this guy right now. <laughs> I was about to say, like, this is just slandering Keaton Slopes for no reason. Uh, but I mean, yeah, he, he, I mean, Texas made sure he did not have a chance to look good in this one. So, again, good tune up game because they needed it because they get Kansas State coming up and we'll get to them in a bit. Um, because they look like they are absolutely uh buzz sawing through teams. So mm-hmm. uh all right, we're gonna go on to let's go to the TCU Stadium 
and talk about the North Texas football team. Uh, <laughs> Memphis 45, North Texas 42. Thank you. Um, Mallory, you were at this game and just talk uh, for me. I, I want to ask you the vibes at halftime versus when you're seeing Chandler Rogers have a, we'll get to the, how it ended. Uh, but first the vibes at halftime versus the vibes on watching Chandler Rogers on the verge of like taking the lead. So first of all, it was cold and rainy outside, right? Yeah. So I, I almost did not go to the game because right. who wants to sit in the cold rain in Denton, Texas, where it's windy. Yes. So yes. we ended up going because the rain stopped. The crowd itself was pretty decent. It wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't too bad. So that was that was kind of exciting. However, yeah. right out of the gate, um, <laughs> Memphis. It takes Memphis two plays. <laughs> And they go 75 yards and they score a touchdown. Um, And then we get the ball back. North Texas gets the ball back. It's turnover on downs. Memphis goes down three plays later, scores again. So it's, it's 14, zero pretty early on. Um, Memphis had 180 rushing yards in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It was, (laughs) yeah, we'll skip. And then we'll skip to the end of the, the second quarter and Memphis is up 31, 10 and a half. Um, the vibes at halftime were not great. People were leaving the stadium. It was, it was pretty upsetting. Um, yeah. Then they come out of the half and <clears throat> Chandler Rogers starts doing his thing. He's cooking. We ended up leaving probably the, probably the end of the third quarter. We rush home. We turn the rest of the game on, and then it's like we get we get home right in time for that Chandler Rogers comeback touchdown to take the lead with like. 45 seconds left in the game right super yeah. super exciting and then seth hennigan does <laughs> seth hennigan things <laughs> seth hennigan dagger literally yeah so by the way uh, i don't know if you saw this mallory so they had uh i was very happy that the espn plus broadcast had a camera on dave they hennigan, kept showing and his family. Dave hennigan. <laughs> oh my gosh one of my favorite so obviously they had him when when they had the the touchdown at the end of course i'm celebrating but my favorite call was uh or my favorite production call was when i think it was on the before the last drive of chandler rogers i think when memphis went for it on fourth down or third down or something like yeah that. it was like a read option pull with seth hennigan that like went nowhere and yeah. like immediately you could just see dave hennigan's like why are they running yeah <laughs> like, why are they running my son like he's not fast <laughs> like he just looked like it was just like a it was like oh god they played it both ways they played it both ways there was also like they kept flashing him i think uh memphis wide receivers dropped a third down conversion and a fourth down conversion the immediate flash of dave hennigan like with the (laughs) just surly coach look on his face no (laughs) it's so mad it's like my wide wide receivers are letting down like there's the dad and the head and the head coach in them (laughs) literally but uh, I got to yeah. give Seth Hennigan some credit, though. He looked really good. And that that touchdown pass to to seal the deal at the end of the game, I mean, that was that was spot on. He threw a bullet to his wide receiver in the end zone um, yeah. to take the lead with 11 seconds less left. And North Texas, of course, couldn't. They tr- Did you all see the final play of that game, though, <laughs> where North Texas Yeah, kinda... I, I, I hate the stupid backwards passing stuff yeah and there was like eight just flags because there were like eight forward passes like it was just terrible it almost worked if not for the eight forward passes exactly <laughs> exactly my so favorite is I, I, went, 
I was gonna say my favorite is going back to watch that play because like the crowd's just kind of like oh even though like the the flags are like the, all the flags are out Everything. but like I think I couldn't remember who it was but like Jamori Macklin or somebody's like past midfield and they're like oh but it's like it's clearly coming back it's, like, it's getting like, called back obviously the but the crowd's yeah. like still like rising like oh is he gonna do it yeah <laughs> so, yeah um yeah I'm not a fan of those I just I'm a fan of just like no. I just tr- try deep man we'll see what happens you never know. I mean, um, they were on the thirty-yard yeah. line. Like it would. I'm been saying, like at least, like ball. you never know who can get be- who can get behind the defense and like get a tip ball or something. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to think. Well, I, and the funniest anyway, part, anyway, thought, the yeah. funniest part was, yeah, they were on the thirty-yard line. There was like eleven seconds left, and they're they're the the camera's panning to the kicker, and I'm like, there's no <laughs> way. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Set up that seventy-yard goal. There's no way. So. But, North Texas might be the best team in the nation after they spot the opponent a three touchdown lead. Yes, it is. And that's it and is that's, now two weeks in a row. Yes. And that's, that's great. I am glad that North <laughs> Texas has been able to come back against Tulane and Memphis. Yes. But when North Texas plays SMU and they let SMU take a early 21 to nothing lead. I, I don't think, I don't know if they're going to be able to come back from that. Yeah, SMU is rubbing the dirt in the face at that. That's point. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So it's yeah. worked thus far, but I don't know <laughs> if it'll work against a powerhouse like SMU looks like right now. Yeah. Look now, so but that was the, the this was kind of the game in the four game stretch that UNT could have stole. Like Memphis yes. is sure. the team you steal a win from, so that part sure. kind of stinks for yeah. the rest of the yeah. year because yeah. it's gonna be it does now to get bowl eligible. Yeah, because they, they get UTSA and San, and SMU in back-to-back weeks. And then you get the light half, you know, you end it with Tulsa and two and UAB, but it's like, okay, you're still at five wins. Right, mm-hmm. right. So you got to steal. I mean, it's probably this week, right? Out of the two teams that we've seen, UTSA and SMU, UTSA, not recently, but UTSA has looked the most gettable this season as a oh, whole, no. right? right. Um so again, you're probably not going to wager that on based on how UTS has looked recently, but based on what we've seen in the season, early start uh, to the season for them, they lo- they had the most holes in the defense in particular. So yeah, this was the one. Um, and now, yeah, it's starting to look a little, looking a little shaky. And I think for most, to me, the most disappointing thing was the defense really looked like it took a step forward the past couple weeks mm-hmm. for UNT. And it like Mallory mentioned on that first drive, just Memphis just torched them. Yeah. And then like last week, you're like, oh, maybe they figured something out. And it was like, you know, in the second half, was, uh, they figured something out versus Tulane. And then like, they just let them go right down the field and score with less than a minute. So I think that was a big confidence, uh, kind of just a big like confidence. Uh, 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 I'm trying to figure out a word to say, but it, it was a big hit to the confidence. It was a vibe killer. Yeah. Vibe <laughs> killer. <laughs> killer, destroyer. There he goes. Yeah. Big words in there. <laughs> Seth Hennigan um, owns Denton. Hey, look, he's the king of Denton for a reason. <laughs> I have seen a lot of discourse online about how Eric Morris should have, like, wasted some clock away with 46 seconds left and not scored on first and goal. I don't agree. I think that's I, I don't team. either. Yeah, I don't either. I see – I get it, your defense stinks. But also, they were doing a decent job in that second half of, like, kind of yeah. keeping Memphis in check. Like, it wasn't like 
it wasn't uh, yes it's not like the texas situation where it's like oh they give him too much time it's like you have Pete Kwiatkowski coaching that defense so they should ever get a stop no on the whole season you probably shouldn't expect north texas to get a stop but that second half in particular they, they only allowed a job. 14 points in the second half Right. They were doing pretty good in containing them. I think Memphis, like Mallory mentioned, I think Seth Hennigan made some big throws. I think, again, that that touchdown wasn't like a coverage bust. It was like one-on-one. The guy just went up and got it. It like, was it just wasn't a great like catch. A, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it, was like, it wasn't like a coverage bust or like a broken defense or something. It was just like, he like, screw it, one-on-one coverage and just threw it down there and he got it. And look, North, look, look. I'm sorry, like Mallory, North Texas is just not the caliber of team that can pick and choose when to score inside no. the goal line. Like, you got to just get right. a touchdown. You got to get right. the win first. Only yep. to lose it. 100%. 100%. 100%. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. It may just be one of those years where you just got to kind of look to the next year and see what you kind of build on. So, nothing wrong with that. All right. Um, moving on to our last game of the week. Oh, Rice and Tulane. Tulane 30. Rice, 28. We were so close. I thought this would be the one. Um, the gummy guy was all over social media. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you see Did you see his, his get up at the game, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. He had a, he had a tro- yeah, so he, Trolley, the, the gummy company, like they gave him a bag that said worm bag, and they gave him a hat that said trolley on it and said worm guy. Um, and so they were like actually like basically like an unofficial sponsor of the game. Uh, but, yeah, dude, yeah, Daniel Domian, so dude, shout out Daniel Domian. That guy's electric. I mean, they had an oh, interview awesome. with him, and he's yeah. just, I mean, he's got the mustache, he's got the the shades on. You know, I love that he has the glove to reach into the bag with. Yes, he's got the glove to keep it sanitary. <laughs> so you know, they do the interview, and he's just like, you know, man, this is God given. Like all this is God given. Like what a, he understands the assignment. You know. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And he he almost powers Rice to a win. Almost the power of the gummies almost powered Rice to a win. Um, they were down, I think, twenty eight to fourteen, and like I think it was Luke McCaffrey cut it to like one score yeah, on a Tulane. pass that like yeah go ahead go ahead. Tulane was up twenty seven seven at halftime. Yes, yes, twenty seven seven at halftime, and then I think on the uh the rice's last touchdown like luke mccaffrey has a catches a one-on-one bomb has his helmet like ripped off as he's like catching it and like holds on carter i think he posted a photo of like uh of him just like uh latching like he's like hugging a tree (laughs) arms and legs around his lineman well he did the thing where like his lineman picks him up and then luke mccaffrey swings his legs around the lineman (laughs) i was like whoa whoa." (laughs) And I almost yeah. posted it on Twitter, but I just posted it in the Slack because I was like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. But it was also like like legitimately an insane catch because like he gets it's you know, he gets past the defense, and then as the defender's trying to re- reach for the ball, he legitimately just grabs his face mask and like pulls him down and like swings his helmet off, basically. So it was like that's actually kind of a nut nuts that he held on to that. Um, that's the second time the he's done that this year. That's the second time really? he's done that this year. Yeah, he did it for that's Houston. Fair. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, so they almost had it. Uh, Rice, unfortunately, Rice's offense kind of you know took too long um, for them to get going. Kind of a replay of two lanes last week, let's say, uh, where they kind of hit the ground running. Mallory mentioned they had such a mm-hmm. big lead at halftime, and then Rice slowly just chips away at the half. Um, not the best game from uh, JT Daniels, but again, it's kind of is what it is. I think Rice. Uh, I think I'm trying to think. 
Of course, they weren't able to run the ball because they never are. Um, and so it was just kind of the second half was really all their production. This game, though, makes me feel optimistic that Rice could definitely steal two wins within the next four-game stretch. Because so they too. have – well, they have SMU next week, so maybe right. not that one. Yeah, UTSA? <laughs> UTSA and Rice yeah. could be very interesting. That's going to be fun. That's, That's going to be, be a fun. lot of fun. And then they've got Charlotte and Florida Atlantic. So I think there are two wins in there. And, of course, if they do get to five wins, they'll probably go bowling anyways. But I think six wins six wins is totally doable within the next four games. Yeah. Yep, I think so, too. Um, I think one of the crucial picks in this one was they were driving down the field towards the half, and JT Daniels kind of stepped up and, like, scrambled out of the pocket and threw, threw a pick, I think. And so um, I think Tulane kind of got the field goal off of that with, like, 14 seconds left. So, um that was kind of one of the crucial moments there. But like you mentioned, I'm still pretty pretty optimistic for where the season could go for them. They got to get okay. the six wins in the JT Daniels year. They have to get the six I think I, I was about to say, I think they got to get to it. Um, just they can't they can't waste this year. Him and Luke McCaffrey have are on another level right now. I'm trying to see what Luke is at for the season, receiving-wise. Uh, he is at almost 700 yards, 692, 17 yards a catch, eight touchdowns, He's 41 so catches. Yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal, um, and he's a junior. So, like again, he, he obviously he has the option of coming back. But I think Rice knows very well that they have to probably get the most out of him because I was going to say because this is losing wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, well, seriously, well, and this is JT Daniels, obviously last year, right? There's no yeah, way yeah. he has any eligibility. <laughs> there's left. there's so, no like, way he has eligibility left. Right, there's going to be a waiver somewhere. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he came back <laughs> like, or went somewhere, you know, but yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like does, if, if JT Daniels is gone, does Luke McCaffrey leave? Maybe, maybe I, I will say the thing, the thing I think that is in Rice's favor is Luke McCaffrey's already transferred three times technically because he was at uh, uh, Nebraska mm-hmm. and then he transferred to Louisville before he transferred right. to Rice, like within that same off season. Yeah, but so, I don't think that counts. That was more of like a haha JK. Like just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, guys. Don't use my don't use my eligibility. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that may go against Rice is this is the first time he'll be transferring as a wide receiver. Mm. So if some team was, that's you know, I think that's why he left I think that's why he left Louisville because it was like, ah, oh, they're not gonna play me at quarterback. Okay, let me see what Rice does. And obviously he ends up changing his position. So if he transfers saying, Hey, I'm a potentially thousand yard receiver. All of a sudden, how many teams are like, hey, yeah, sure, come on in, you know? Um, so we'll see. But, yeah, basically what we're trying to get is they need to capitalize on this season because I think he has over almost 15 more catches than the next leading receiver, which is uh, their uh, their tight end, um, Bowden Drone. So, yeah, he is their guy on offense. Okay, uh, let's go with the midweek game. Uh, talk a little bit about the Anxiety Bowl. UTEP 37 Sam, 34, we're in the power pole now, uh, reverse power pole order. Uh, Sam is at the bottom. UTEP is right above them. Um, I, look, I called it. I tried to I, I tried to call it saying that you, Sam, this would be the one Sam would get. And it just we, we it looked like it. We both did. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I'll admit to that. I yeah. tried and it to looked like it the first half. It yeah, I know. Like I tried to tell you guys, as the only guy here who's been on a winless football team, I know when I witnessed the straw that breaks the camel's back. And that FIU game, I saw that Sam had 
whatever the opposite of the eye of the tiger is, it's like the eye of Ish's house cat Meza. Like that's what they have. <laughs> and I knew they were doomed after the FIU game. First and of I, all, don't don't make fun of my cat. Second of all, he's not very ferocious, <laughs> Schmail. No, he's not. He's not. He he likes to bite and then lick your hand afterward after he bites it. I like, sorry. Um, That's Sam Houston. Which is, which is fair. It's it's fair. They it's like, like to bite up, you, but up. then they're like, oh, oh, sorry. So sorry. And then it's they, like, we're up 14. It's like, actually, never mind. Come back. Come back. Come back. <laughs> yeah. It, so it, they were 14 in the fourth quarter. And yeah, they ended up losing. It just is like a, Sam Houston is at a situation now where they are a good team. They should have like three wins this year, but they've just gotten so wrapped up inside their own head like a pretzel yeah. that they yeah. they can't. It's it's like they got to just punt till next year. Like I actually think right. that's what this is. The next week versus Kennesaw State, like this is now like the have to win this game or you're going to go over. And I just feel like they're going to play – knowing that they have to have it and play tight yeah. and wrap their brain yeah. in a pretzel and play not to not lose. Um, and that's when you're doomed as a football team. Yeah. Um, I mentioned one of my other big caveats in this game was, oh, if Cade McConnell plays, because that, that was kind of the still kind of the unknown. If it's Cade McConnell and Gavin Hardison, or if it's Cade McConnell, that's when I thought Sam would win. Um, and then sure enough, on like the, the, the second to last drive, might have been the last drive uh, to tie it. Uh, Cade McConnell hits like a moonshot to like the left side of the field. And I was like, he hasn't made that throw in like two weeks, three weeks. And all of a sudden they were willing to open up the offense because they needed to move the ball. And uh, he didn't even finish that great of a game. It was like 12 of 22 for 206. Like it, and it was, it was a big Deion Hankins game um, and Torrance Burgess. Yeah. But they, yeah. And then uh, the worst part, the worst part was that when it was tied, Keegan Shoemaker throws a pick that's basically a pick six because they get the ball at the one. And yeah, UTEP just kind of puts their foot on the gas. Um, but I think, no, I think Sam tied it again at 34. And then UTEP just kind of uh, was able to kind of just like hammer away um, mm-hmm. and kind of push the ball. Um, I think with the, the time running out, they're going to kick a field goal. So yeah, um, unfortunate. It is what it is. But yeah, UTEP. I still don't think that changes much in UTEP, in my opinion, but it, you know, Dimmel things aren't fired up. Dimmel was fired up after that win. He knew he needed it. Like, he, it oh, he definitely needed dark. that win. Cause there's, cause I mean, even though I don't think they're going to win any of the next three, uh, they get Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, Liberty. I wouldn't put that. Um, there's still the whole like, we're still bowl, you know, bowl still in our, you could still say that, right? And so if they lost this game, that was gone. So I think that's, probably why he was fired up. It's like, look, I can still, we can still do something. Um, we, need to, we need to have a conversation about the sunglasses game for our Texas college coaches, because Dana Dimmel. Those were sunglasses. Like those grandma were just reader glasses. <laughs> those are, those look like, those are, no, they were, they were, uh, they were fishermen. Like this. They were fishermen glasses. He, he <laughs> wears them like on his forehead instead of like yeah. down on his nose, and then he'll just like they'll keep going into his eyes when he wants to look easy at his... access. Just yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Dimmel, and it's also Sark's weird like orange wire rim sunglasses that he yeah, wears. He gets deep weird. in his bag. Like, those are very weird. It's no Deion Sanders, I'll tell you that. We don't have a. <laughs> Deion Dion Sanders supply, sunglass game. He needs to supply uh, head coaches around the, around the country with uh, with some good shades. Yes. 
Also, uh, shout out to UTEP's uh, equipment guy for forgetting the white jerseys uh, in El Paso. Yes. We got a color rush game. Hopefully they want yeah. to do that every year now. I, I heard Casey Keeler talk to Dana Dibble about, like, we should do this every year. And I it was awesome. It was a great uniform. It looked good. It looked good. It looked good. Yeah, Colin Deaver of uh, KTSM in El Paso, he tweet, he confirmed that it was a equipment malfunction. <laughs> Somebody just forgot the white jerseys and then brought the blue ones. So, uh, so yeah, we had a color rush game. It looked good, like you mentioned. I did like the the home home and homes need to be even more of a thing. Just thing. In general. I agree. Yeah, they should do it for UNT and SMU. Should do it. It's a nice color clash, mm. green and blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I like that. that. All right, so I do want to give a shout-out to Deion Hankins, who had over 100 yards again um, in this one on the ground. And then I mentioned Torrance Burgess had about 50 yards on about 10-ish carries, so about five yards a carry. Good game for them. Okay, moving on. The power pole of North Texas. Talk about them. Uh, oh, Baylor. Um, the, the Iowa State, 30. Baylor, 18. Uh, look, uh, if you follow some of our Baylor guys um, from Two Two Bears – I believe Matt Wilson just tweeted out, screw it, bring me Jeff Trailer. I'm sick of this. <laughs> he's he's ready for this to be done. Um, I know Bruce Feldman put out the article about the hot seat and all that, saying like Dave Aranda is still very liked in Baylor and you know it might buy him another year, but all those systems are probably gonna go. Uh, I don't know how much that holds up if they're three and nine. I think yeah. they were probably hoping for like five wins out of this last stretch. Well, this, um, this Iowa State game was yeah. so shocking because David Randa said they had the best pregame warm-up of the year. So it's he like, did. I don't know how they didn't come out firing. Oh, God. Yeah. After the postgame, um, that quote came out. He's like, yeah, we had a great pregame. I was like, great, man. What do you <laughs> – that's aw- That's awesome. I don't know what you want me to do with that. Like, uh, The crowd looked miserable because the weather looked bad. I mean, you want to talk about anxiety bulls coming up. They get Houston this week. Uh, we'll get to Houston in a bit, but that where's may be the, game, the most. Where's depressing. the game at? Where's that it's game? It's at McLean, so it might just be more depressing. Oh, man. I mean, I've never seen a team like Baylor just let opponents walk into their house and just dominate it. Like, they do not defend the fortress whatsoever. No. Texas Tech, Texas. I mean, Lo- I'm going to give Long Island some credit. They they had the Long Island on top. Yeah. That, was a, that was a no one was happy win. Texas State, uh, Utah, and Texas State. Yeah, like all through all those demoralizing performances were in McLean Stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they get Houston, and then they get Houston. So look, look, the Bruce Feldman hot seat tracker was hilarious because it's like it's not Dave Aranda; he's not the issue. Yeah. It's just everyone he recruited and all the assistants he brought in. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Everybody that he's responsible for—that's the problem. So he's great. Yeah, Rock- <laughs> I mean, that's literally what they're saying. It's like, yeah, he's great. <laughs> Just everything he does is not great. So, uh, um, yeah, Rocco Beck for uh, Iowa State finished with 238 on 19-31. of 31. They ran the ball with Eli Sanders for 96 yards. Cartavius Norton had 64 yards. It was just bad, bad all around, bad vibes. They couldn't run the ball. I think Dawson Pendergrass, the leading rusher, with like 45 yards. Um, yeah, so rough times in Waco. Um but luckily, we're going to talk about our next team, who's also having rough times, and they get to figure out who's having the worst time. Houston. Uh, Kansas State, 41. Houston, zero. Um, listen, uh, to, to reference another one of our uh, – let me see if I can pull up their, their tweet right here. To reference another one of our uh, compatriots in the 
Republic of Football. Our boys at Go Cougs tweeted out their game recap today. Uh, sa- uh, quote, Saturday was terrible. There was no fight in that UH team and no discipline. Giving up the 12-play drive to start the game, the game was the game uh, to take in a delay before your first offensive snap. It was disorganized and painful. You can go read their, gig- their recap on GoCoops.com. I mean, look, we, we kind of, I don't want to say saw this exact thing coming, but we saw this painful game coming. Um, I didn't yeah. see them getting mushroom stamped like this, but right. I did see a bit of a letdown because you can't go from the West Virginia game, which was a Hail Mary loss to a Hail Mary win, to the emotional right. high of hosting Texas for the first time in two decades and almost winning almost that game. Winning. Into Kansas State buzzsaw in Manhattan, like this was yeah. a this was a brutal way to cap off an emotional roller coaster of a three game stretch. Yeah, there's that. So I'll put it to you like this: there's that way to look at it. There's also they're a hail mary away from being zero and five in the Big Twelve, right? Oh, like, like you're right. So, like, like I don't. I think those are particular circumstances in terms of like the Texas game, I think was always going to be weird. Right. We, we said leading into that game, we didn't know what to expect because Houston was going to try to pump up their crowd. And obviously there's a lot of animosity, a lot of history there. Um, so I think that one, I got to put in kind of a silo, like it's over here. If Texas came back tomorrow, I look at it more as, yeah, they're a Hail Mary from being 0-5. They lost to TCU. They lost to Tech. They lost to Kansas State. And, of course, they like I just mentioned, they were a Hail Mary from losing to West Virginia, who was probably the better team for a lot of that game. Um, yeah, it's, it's bad times. Um, I will say it went from – I stopped caring about this game very quickly in terms of from a Houston perspective because Donovan Smith only had like 88 yards passing and two picks. It was just miserable all around. And all of a sudden, I started looking towards next week. And I'm like, Kansas State could beat Texas. <laughs> like, like, I just started yeah. looking. I was like, oh, man, this team is really, really good right now. Um, yeah. Okay, so with, with, <clears throat> with Oklahoma losing to Kansas yesterday, which mm-hmm. crazy game, by the way, is, yes, do, you, do we think Kansas State's the best team in the Big 12? Or is it still Texas? Could, I, mean, like, we'll I mean, figure out. Week, I think we'll figure week, out next be, week. Yeah, right. But Kansas State looks like they're – to me, the best team in the Big 12 right now. I feel like plain lady when I watch Kansas State. Like, that program is not real. It's not real. How yes. are you going to have a returning senior quarterback that's going to go 12 for 12 to open the game and then just allow a freshman quarterback to come in and also like, – and, and now here for the – here's the Avery Johnson drive. And it's like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> and, not, and Will Howard's just like, yeah, this is great. I love this. Good job, Avery. Like, this is not a real program. And they are terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's nuts. And also, like, they didn't even win. Like, the game was so bad from a Houston perspective. They really didn't have to win in, like, the Kansas State way. Like, they didn't run the ball that great. They had, like, 180 yards on, like, almost 50 carries. Um, It was just, like, it was so precise that Will Howard, like, 15 to 17 was enough. Like, it was just enough. Yeah. I think he finished with two touchdowns. Avery Johnson had a touchdown in the air. Uh, and then I think they had three touchdowns on the ground. So it was like, they just kind of had to do enough. And you look on the ground, it wasn't like Houston gave up 500 yards rushing. I think that was the thing. If you're most depressing, it was like, 
turnovers just gave them easy scores. I'm trying to look at the starting field position here. Um, but it was just like one of those games where you're like, you're just handing them the game. Uh, average starting – see, it wasn't – geez, it wasn't even that big. They only started at their own 33. So it wasn't like they were starting in like midfield or anything. So I don't know. It, when you're when you're watching that game, you're just kind of like – I. I think the Goku's guys probably, if I had to guess, probably Ryan, uh, Ryan Monso probably was like, yeah, this is, uh, this is miserable. <laughs> it was not close for one second. No, it really wasn't. Um, so yeah, now we look to next week where all of a sudden, like Mallory said, I think we're going to find out who the best team in the big 12 is next week. Mm-hmm. Genuinely. And it's going to suck. Cause of course we're not seeing a fully healthy Texas, but that's right. kind of circumstance, right? That's, mm-hmm. it is what it is. If, if, if we're asking the question of who the best team is right now, yeah, you got to consider that Texas isn't healthy, so Kansas State may be the best team. Um, yeah, that is a fascinating game. That's going to be on the big new kickoff next week, I believe, as well. All right, um, moving on. In the power poll, uh, Texas Tech, they were off because they get TCU this next week. Uh, Rice talked about them. TCU, of course, just mentioned they were also on by. They get Texas Tech in a have some mini anxiety bowls going on, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, so we'll see. We got a we got two two big anxiety bowls. Uh, TC already yeah. lost the bye week. We covered it on Wednesday. Uh, so <laughs> they did lose the bye week. <laughs> so we need they need a win versus Texas Tech. It's yeah. uh it's wait, so it's Baylor, Houston, and Texas Tech TCU. Texas Tech, TCU, yeah. Yeah, um, big 12 anxiety. <laughs> Texas, Kansas State, too. I, I would put that as an anxiety bowl. That's that's a higher stakes anxiety. That's, a higher still stakes, also anxiety. that's like a huge anxiety bowl. Yeah, that's not yeah, like an anxiety bowl. That's like a that's like a that's like a anxiety in like you're still got everything to play for. This is like the, I like the well, it's a different type. Bowl. It's a different type of anxiety. It's still anxiety though. It's, yeah, you're still the, anxious. The other two, the, two, the, two. The, other two the other two are like anxieties. Like, oh god, are we gonna be alive tomorrow? Like this, yeah. you know, te- Texas and Kansas State's like anxiety because like it's kind of like a uh, uh, first world anxiety. It's like, oh yeah. no, we can't play for a conference championship. You know, it's like, it's like that right. anxiety. These other coaches yeah. are like, are we getting fired tomorrow? <laughs> and they're like, oh no, we're not going to play in the AT&T Stadium. <laughs> it's like the anxiety of like, oh, my computer's not working very well versus like the anxiety of I don't have food. <laughs> right, right. Yes, literally. By the way, uh, to add to more first one anxiety, uh, it's Bedlam next week. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. So we're just, throwing out the, we're just throwing, up, throwing up all the hands in the Big 12 and saying, screw it, everything, nothing makes sense. I'm very excited. I'm actually very excited for next week now that I'm actually looking at the schedule. So yeah, because uh, yeah, Oklahoma could have three losses and we could just be figuring out if we're going to get a rematch of Texas and Kansas State in the Big 12 championship as well. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, moving on to the power poll. All right, let's talk about the game I was at. Uh, Troy 31, Texas State 13. To me, this one wasn't didn't say much about the trajectory of Texas State. I think it was a reality check. Um, this one was 10-7 at halftime. Texas State was up. And they defense looked really good. I think this was their best defensive performance. Troy, uh, I believe Troy's Kamani Vidal is like the second leading rusher in the country. And he had 43 carries on 18 or 43 yards on 18 carries. Like legitimately a very good job. The opposite of that is Gunnar Watson had a career high 392 through the air and was like 15 to 17 in the second half. Um, so I think the defense. I still think the defense did enough because the offense had two turnovers, one with a chance to go up step 14, nothing. And they went, uh, they had no touchdowns in the red zone. 
they had two field goals and then a, a pick. So I think, if anything, for me, the takeaway of this one is I'm wondering if teams maybe have figured out how to kind of put kind of a, a parking boot on a, a tire boot on this uh, Texas State offense a little bit because when TJ Finley's under pressure, he kind of makes some errors. He's kind of prone to throwing the ball in some dangerous places. Um, he kind of stays in the pocket a little too long, in my opinion. Um, and so I'm wondering, and, and then I also think that the play calling stops going deep when he starts making those mistakes. They just like, we can't have him make those decisions. So I'm wondering that's now back-to-back games, including a bye week where I thought they maybe had a chance to work on that, that teams have kind of put a little bit of a, a stop on this offense. So I'm, I'm just wondering, I don't know if it's happened yet, but they get Georgia Southern next week, uh, who's another really good team. So I'm wondering if that's a blueprint or if that's just a little blip on the radar. Did you see Craven threw an insult stat on Texas State in the power poll, pointing out that their no. five wins are against teams with a 14 and 27 record behind? Listen, it's it's a fact. It is a fact, right? <laughs> um, that is not a, that is not a, a incorrect statement. And so, again, it is going to be about how this team can rebound against a good team because they're going to need to pull out a win, right? They have. They're one one away from a bowl, and they have Georgia Southern, Coastal, Arkansas State is not very good, so that may be it, but also South Alabama, right? They have three of the top teams in the Sun Belt coming up the next four weeks after playing the now first team in the Sun Belt West. So we'll see. I mean, this I wouldn't be shocked if the season ended 6-6. Six and six. It'd obviously be a big disappointment based on how things have gone, but based on what I've seen from the offense, I'm wondering if teams maybe have figured things out. I don't know. Um, We'll see. I, I still think so. we predict them what four and eight. So like I'm, I'd be more than happy with six and six. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a tough stretch, and I think this is a team that needs to steal. I think seven wins keeps the momentum from the whole season still together. I think six and six is a little bit of a letdown. Um, so I would say they need to steal one from one of these top teams in the next three of the next four. The vibes are um, definitely a little bit lower than they were at the start of the season when they were at like all. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, everything's clicking. TJ Finley's playing phenomenal. Ishmati's still is phenomenal. I think he – I forgot. I didn't see his final stat line. I'll have to get it. Um, he was healthy, and, like, the first drive, he was like, oh, this offense is just different with him. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, – uh, offensive line definitely is also taking a step back, in my opinion. But, um, again, I, that's why I was kind of, like, very cautiously optimistic heading into this game because I felt like a reality check was coming sometime soon. Um, so, yeah. Uh, all right, UTSA. I, I'm going to be honest, I did not see much of this game because I really didn't see a need to. Um, 41, East Carolina, 27, UTSA back at home. So that was a bit, that was kind of the big uh, story for me. Frank Harris, 395 through the air, four touchdowns. Uh, yeah. Oh uh, Josh Cephas, 183 yards through four catches. Of course, a couple of those came on like deep shots, but it was really good to see Josh Cephas have a much needed big game because, uh, that was kind of the issue this year was like our UTSA receivers still up to snuff. Um, and he had a lot of his plate. I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't think JT Clark was back healthy in this one. So of course more was, uh, Cephas, more was on Cephas's plate and they were able to take care of business. Um, and now they get to, I, I'm very fascinated by this UNT game. Mm-hmm. Like, Bro, what's the over under going to be? It's going to be like 75 and a half. <laughs> It's gonna be fun as hell. That's what it's gonna be. Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> neither over, team can stop anything. 
whatever the number is, take the over. Whatever it is, I don't care. Yeah, Kavorian Barnes versus that North Texas rush defense is going to be like a hot knife through butter. Yeah, it's going to be uh, nuts. Um, yeah, well, and UTSA, so I think, um, UTSA but, sitting at five and three right now. So I bet they would love nothing more than to get to six wins against the rival up the road. That's very true. That's very true. At I think North that one's Texas. in. Is, is it at, is it in UNT? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that one's gonna be fun. So we'll see. Um, we'll preview that one this week. But yeah, UTSA seems to be hitting all gears, particularly all in all that. Um, speaking of games that nobody was happy afterward, uh, Texas A and M thirty, South Carolina yeah. seventeen. Um, look, I was watching this. I saw a little bit of this game. Defensively, though, good. I mean, you know, Spencer Rattler, he didn't have a terrible game, but they didn't really let him do much. So I thought that was good defense. Um, Anaya Smith was really fantastic. He had a couple, uh, couple runs after the catch that were like, oh, that's why Tyron Smith went back to Utah because he, he he's not that, doing that. He had that one screen grab where there's literally like five South Carolina players around him, and it's like yes. Anaya Smith scored on that play. Yes, hundred percent. It was he, he was he was phenomenal um in this one max johnson was fine uh it wasn't a game where like again i don't think anybody felt great afterward but it was like cool took care of business i guess like um i think spencer rattler finished with like 176 through the air one touchdown something like that um but yeah max johnson 20 of 30 249 through the air amari daniels solid on the ground ruben owens had a touchdown by 40 yards something like that so uh, can i say something about spencer rattler go for it there was a little bit of talk from this broadcast about how Spencer Rattler is all misunderstood about what type of guy Spencer Rattler is. And uh-huh. I want, look, I was not a Spencer Rattler fan from QB one. That's that show he was on. Oh, right. in high school. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I thought he was a total asshole. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, he came off, he came off as that in the, in the show. Yeah. This it's not that Spencer Rattler is misunderstood because he did make some mistakes. He yeah. he has shown a lot of maturity this year in South Carolina, and I do want to give him yeah. credit for that because there is a play where he throws it to the freshman wide receiver, Harbor, and the guy just drops it on a third down. Mm-hmm. And you see Spencer yes, Rattler yes, goes, yes. go to the sideline and you know pick him up and, and tap him on the helmet, and then they go to him multiple times. Uh, the rest of the game. So good on Spencer Rattler because showing like he has grown and that's a, that's something that OU Spencer Rattler never does. So that's my Spencer Rattler spiel is I don't think he's misunderstood. I think he's changed. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's about to say he probably just grew up. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's a thing where um, I think in a different way, similar things can be said. I think there was people trying to say like, Quinn Ewers cut his hair and all that. It's like, that's not, I think people were just like finding weird ways to say they matured. <laughs> yeah. Cause like when yours was like on the equivalent of like his freshman year in college last year, where he's like, yo, I got my hair growing, you know, he's like, Oh, he doesn't take workouts too seriously yet. And it's like when reality hits him, AKA he doesn't play as well as he needs to, or it should be. It's like, Oh, I probably should get in shape. Oh, my, you know, not saying the hair fixed anything, but it was like, actually, you know, I probably should put on a better uh, uh, public image maybe to kind of, uh, give people no excuse as to like why I'm playing bad. I don't look like I care, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, obviously different Quinn Ewers and Spencer Allen are two different personalities, but like, I think people are like twisting themselves in the pretzels to like, just say that they matured. <laughs> they yeah. grew up a little bit. 
Um, so yeah, that's a good point about him too. I think he's been actually pretty mature as well um, at South Carolina, especially in the midst of a bad season for them. They're like, yeah, like two wins. He's got no help. I mean, he's he's got yeah. straight, he's running for his life. Uh, his wife right. passes, and you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe he goes to the NFL after this year. I don't know if he's like a mid-round draft pick or or what, but good right. on him for showing a little bit of maturity. Is this sure. a happy win for Texas A&M or is this a no one's happy win? I think it's a, here's the thing. I think Jimbo I think it was very much probably a, happy. I was just going to say. So I think this is a, a mission accomplished type one. Like, good, job done, right? But then I forgot who tweeted it out. Uh, somebody mentioned – that Jimbo Fisher, oh God, yeah, here it is, Texax tweet. <laughs> Speaking of Mallory's point from Texax after the game, the goal is to get bowl eligible and keep walking down the road. We have four more games. So it's like, I think AM fans were like, job done. And then they see that tweet and it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you <laughs> like, gave them a national the championship trophy with 20XX, like you were going to win it like under him. You can't be celebrating getting bowl eligible. <laughs> I know. So I think AM fans are like very much like content. And then they saw that quote and they're like, cool. He's already he's saying the goal is bowl eligibility. Awesome. Four more games. We just got four more games. The goal's bowl eligibility. <laughs> mission accomplished. Uh, yeah, Free mission so accomplished. Because we haven't even gotten bowl eligible yet. No. Free mission accomplished. <laughs> uh, and I think they have. Let me see. Uh, I think it's Ole Miss next. Is it Ole Miss? Do it is Ole Miss in Oxford, so that is a fun one. Um, and then Mississippi State, which is probably, and then ACU, which is probably when it happens. But still, um, yeah, Ole Miss coming up is not necessarily the game where you're all like, oh, I hope we get to a bowl, guys. Um, uh, dude, Texas A and M getting bowl eligible against Abilene Christian is just where this season's gonna go. Like getting that sixth win. Uh, that's just gonna be Jimbo so gross. Hang, hang the banner and Jimbo Fisher just smiling in the press conference. Like we did it, guys. Well, we're <laughs> ball eligible now. We're ball eligible. That's all we needed. But the thing is, the thing about, you know, what matters is you got to get ball eligible. You can't get ball eligible. You know, you can't get playing the 15 extra bowl practices, too. They have to talk about the 15 extra bowl practices, right? And that's like a <laughs> big thing right there. So, you know, wins win. I don't apologize for a win. <laughs> and then, uh, on. and then he's going to be like, I always dreamed, I always dreamed of coaching in the first responders bowl. <laughs> so. think about, think about our, the first responders bowl it's for the military you know you, you got for the troops or for the guys out there it's bowl. Hey, great city too great city you know it's an honor to play against uh louisiana or <laughs> uh all right so last game uh not much to talk about in this one other than uh how one-sided it was smu uh what was this final score 69 to 10 nice um I mean, look, I'll just re- I'm just going to read off Tulsa's numbers here. Uh, Hardell Williams was 4 of 4 for 32 yards. That was their quarterback. <laughs> like, that's yeah, that's, that's not that's, great. That's, that's, that's enough. That's that, that's it. Uh, I think again, back to back games where we've looked at SMU saying, I wonder if they had another gear. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, they have. Um, Braxton, Braylon Braxton had 10, 92 yards of um, 10 of 20 and two picks. So, uh, as, as Tulsa had 123 yards on 47 carries. This defense is something else. And then Preston Stone, 15 to 20, 371 through the air. I believe uh, Kevin Henry Jennings came in before halftime. <laughs> they were that confident. They're just like, 
Yeah, throw them out there. It's fine. What were they um, up? What, what, going into halftime, or I saw some stat yeah. saying that, like, this was the biggest lead or most points scored by an FBS team in the history in like the first quarter or something. I think, I think it was like 52 to three at the half. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that that set the record for the most points scored in a half by a single, by an FBS team. I was like, yeah. Wow. Filthy. (laughs) Just filthy. Um, And then by the way, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Shout out SMU for really leaning into, you know, we talked a lot about them trying to become, you know, Dallas's team. Uh, you yeah. know, they got club takeaway now as their own little turnover <laughs> I chain. I did see that. Very a la Theory nightclub in Dallas. So shout out to yeah. them for leaning into it. I think it was described as by the sideline reporter, what's the bougiest way that we can uh, celebrate a turnover? So just shout out yes. SMU. What, what a yes. great job by them. I think they tweeted out uh, from the SMU football account, different and bougie the SMU way. And I was yeah. like, you know what? That is That is a flex. They are embracing the fact that they're on the hilltop. Uh, but yeah, then they tweeted about the, the video of uh, the, it was Don Davenport uh, talking about how bougie it was. And there was like presenting club takeaway, different in bougie the SMU way. I was like, yo. Different in bougie. <laughs> By the way, uh, just a little bit of how dominant and the kind of effortless this, effortless this was. Uh, no running back went over 100 yards and no receiver went over 100 yards. They just everybody ate. Everybody. Just like everybody ate. It was like you want you want to catch? Mallory, you want to catch? You can catch a ball. You want to yeah. catch a ball from Preston Stone? You it's can catch scary. a ball. <laughs> yeah. And of course, yeah. SMU's starting to get uh scary good. Yeah. Right and I don't know how much of it is like they played just bad teams, but it's like yeah. now the offense has opened up and like now they're just probably at confidence sky high right now before they get into the tougher stretch of games. Who do they have coming up? They have Rice, UNT, and Memphis in their next three. Which again, I'm very fascinated to see when they play two offenses that can put up put up some points. I'm very mm-hmm. fascinated because we haven't seen them play right off. Like TCU, that TCU lost and that Oklahoma loss are in the rearview mirror. I, you know, it's been a month between those games. Um, what does it look like? I don't know. I'm curious. Well, and Mallory mentioned it earlier, but UNT cannot spot SMU three touchdowns. No. 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 Because, because offense won't be able to come back. Hey, hey, P. Shicey with a three touchdown lead. You know that's what he likes to start really cooking it up. P. Shicey. <laughs> I'm scared. If he of throws P. Shicey. For, listen, if he throws for 400 yards, if he has one game of 400 yards, I need one of 400 yards. I will fully be on board with P. Shicey. He would have had one. 700 if he stayed in the game. <laughs> so I know. I'm, 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 just give me one. Just give me one. For, actually, no. I'll, I'll give. I'll give him this. Give me one 350. One more 350 of plus, and then I'll then your P Shiesty. I'll give you the P Shiesty nickname if he has one more game of 350 or more. So, yeah, 371 week. in this one. I was about to say, maybe next week for all we know. Against Rice. I was about to say, against, against UNT, he may not need to throw the ball. They just hand the ball off like 74 times. <laughs> Correct. Uh, all right. Uh, Texas close out, closes out uh, the Power Pole 7 and 1. The only one lost team, I believe. Yep. Only one lost team in the state. And uh, yeah, they close out number one. And uh, Carter, I think you'll be on hand for that one in uh, Austin next week. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, that'll do it for us. Uh, kind of a mixed bag, some blowouts, some disappointing results, some depressing games. But uh, hopefully next week, actually, no, I can guarantee next week we'll definitely have a lot to talk about. So I got a, I got a high hope for next week. I, I really do as well. 
I really do as well. So we'll talk about those games on Wednesday. And of course, we'll be back Sunday. Please listen to all the recap episodes on the Republic of Football. Remember promo code DCTF on home field apparel as I get oh, my shirt. Sick. That's <laughs> that one it sick. literally came in as I was leaving for uh for San Marcus. So I was like, I guess I'm oh, wearing that's... this on Sunday. So uh yeah. So if you want to love your Al's shirt representing uh the, the Oilers color scheme for rice this year, go to homefieldapparel.com. And that'll do it for us. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, give us a call. Rutgers, I did not see the game. Uh, oh, they had a bye week. No worries. They, oh, they, they got, they got okay. a bye week going into their their uh, their Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State stretch. <laughs> so, <sighs> woo, go Rutgers. Oh, go Rutgers.